Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, this is Cat Lee, and you're listening to episode number 13 of the Inspired to Action podcast. So today, we're going to talk to New York Times bestselling author, Andy Andrews. He has spoken at the request of four different presidents at the White House. He's spoken to the Department of Defense and to corporations and companies all over the globe. And today, he is talking to you, mom, folding the laundry, doing dishes, going out on a run, playing at the park with your kids, whatever you're doing right now. He wants to talk to you, and he has a word for you today. And I am honored to have him on the show, and I'm excited for the encouragement and the inspiration that he's going to give to each of you. But first, I want to give a little shout out to a few of you because you are so awesome. I love hearing from you. I'm sure I've said this before, but the funny thing about a podcast is there aren't really comments and you don't really get feedback from it. So it's just me sitting in my closet office talking to a microphone. So what I love is when you guys leave reviews on iTunes. I love hearing where you're listening and um, how it's impacting you. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, I would love that. That helps. You know what? Actually, that helps. It helps more moms to get the encouragement they need. But it also helps us get great guests on the show. I don't know how it happened, but somehow Andy Andrews' people found the Inspired to Action podcast. And so they contacted me about coming on the show today. And that's pretty much entirely because of you guys. Because of those reviews that you leave, somehow they found my little podcast and they wanted to share an encouragement and a word with you. And so thank you for leaving those. I wanted to give a shout out today to a few of you. Chris Montgo, if I said that right, she says, I live in the Middle East with my husband and four kids and sometimes it feels lonely out here. These podcasts feel like you're sitting down with a good friend and receiving a huge dose of encouragement. They remind me of the privilege of being a mom and give me practicals to try that day. Thanks, Kat. Then It's Me SG says, I've truly enjoyed listening to each one of Kat's podcasts. Episode three, where she talks about going to the Philippines, was the first episode I listened to. And I'm pretty sure I was tearing up after two minutes. So good. I feel encouraged and inspired. I'm a mom. I'm kind of a big deal. And then TH Pod says, becoming a first-time mommy at the age of 43 to our son by adoption with less than 48 hours notice has not been without challenges. At times, I felt overwhelmed and what mom doesn't at some time. By both the privilege and responsibility, Cat's Inspired Action podcasts have helped me to narrow my focus, do as few things as possible as well as possible, and prioritize the important things. Her emphasis on starting mornings with time with the Lord has encouraged me to just get up and reestablish the habit. She gives the occasional necessary kick in the pants with grace and gentleness. Her humor and creativity make the podcast both fun and informative, and I'm so grateful for the gift these podcasts have been in my motherhood journey. And y'all, this is not possible without you guys. I'm just so thankful that you take the time out of your day and listen. And um, I think it's fun that we get to connect. I love hearing from you. If you want to Tag me on Instagram of where you're listening and what you're doing, whether it's at the park, doing laundry, doing dishes, whatever. Feel free to do that. I'm inspired to action on Instagram and just take a photo of where you're listening and say, hey, I'd love to connect with you. And um, and like I said, yeah, when you guys leave those reviews on iTunes, it helps not only other moms hear about us and join our community, but it also helps um, great people just somehow find us and, and share super encouraging words with you guys. So, um, yeah, I, I thought I'd just give a little quick update. I know I think last time I told you that we got a puppy and how that was much more work than I'd really anticipated. So I'm really excited to tell you guys 
that Captain, our puppy, is now sleeping through the night. I know you guys are probably on pins and needles and just really on your face praying day in and day out for that to happen. <laughs> so just wanted you to know that, yeah, he's, he's sleeping through the night now, which I'm super excited about because getting up at 1 o'clock in the morning to take a dog outside to go to the bathroom is not really my idea of a good time. Um, but he's sleeping through the night and, and he's really getting used to stuff and we're getting to really enjoy him a lot more now, now that we have some sleep. Um, but without further ado, I'm, we're going to have a, a chat with Andy Andrews. He has written several books. Uh, one of his most popular is called The Traveler's Gift. Then he's also written one called The Noticer and his new book, which comes out October 1st, is called The Noticer Returns. And what's really fun about this is that when they contacted me, I had, I had already read some of his books. And so I was really stoked to talk to him and to get a chance to, to hear from him and have him share with you guys. And what he has to share with you today is just really powerful. And so without any more talking on my end, let's get into the podcast and our chat with Andy Andrews. Hey, Andy, how are you today? Good, Kat. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are the things in Alabama? Well, right now, things are awesome. You know, it's uh, the summer heat has dissipated a little bit, and we've not gotten too cool, so it, this is a great time of year. Perfect time of year. I love fall. Well, I did a little bit of an intro about some of the things that you've accomplished back in the beginning of the podcast, but I would love for readers to hear or listeners to hear where you've come from, because I think that really paints the big picture of the, the wisdom that you have to share and the things that you have com you've accomplished. Because we actually have something in, in common. Um, I, my mother passed away when I was an infant, and that has really shaped so much of, of who I am and where I've come from. And I know sure. you have a similar story, and I'd love to see how that's impacted where you've gone and um, your your thoughts and, and perspectives on parenting. So just tell us a little bit of your story and where you've come from. Okay. Well, I was, uh, you know, in really a part of a very normal family until the age of 19. And uh, my mom and dad both died in the same year. My mom died of cancer. My dad was killed in a car accident. And so this was, at, you know, as you can imagine, a crazy time. But I, I've always had the ability to take a bad situation and make it worse. <laughs> and I did. I, I made some bad choices at the time and ended up literally homeless before that was even a word. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, nobody was talking about homeless people. That wasn't a term anybody used. But I was sleeping under a pier on the Gulf Coast and in and out of people's garages, which is not safe or smart. But but I did. And I had this uh, old guy that, that I, I really found me under the pier one night and scared me to death, you know, because I, I thought I, I was the only one who knew I was under there. But this old guy, we, we never really knew where he was from, never knew uh, where he lived or if he had any money. We called him Jones, uh, not Mr. Jones, just Jones. And and we never knew what was in the suitcase he carried around, but he was the first person in my life ever to tell me the truth about myself. And, and you know, when I say that, people, people say, like, well, what's that mean? Well, you know, Kat, when you meet somebody who's having a tough time, we, what do we do? We bake them cookies or give them $10 or put them on the prayer list at church, but very rarely do we sit down with them and tell them things about themselves that might make them angry. And and this is what he did. And he did make me mad a lot of times. But, of course, where am I going? I'm living under a pier. Uh, but he he was uh, the first person to really start me reading. You know, he affirmed the, the role of my parents in my life. 
and and then um, you know really helped me to understand that okay from from here on you know you you of course have your heavenly Father and and you have the guidance there but you have to to do something and and so he started me reading books I've always been kind of a Sports Illustrated person but he started me reading biographies and I after a number of years, I realized I I read over 200 biographies of these happy, influential, financially secure, uh, godly, great people. I, you know, I, I always think great people, you know, uh, that makes me think, do they do books of any other kind of people? And (laughs) there's there's not a loser section at Barnes and Noble. I think that's on the news. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But I, I read these books and I, I began to get curious about what is it that that made these people turn out like they did. I, you know, were they born this way, or was it something they did? And if it was something they did, what they do, and how long did it take them to do it? And I identified seven things. These were not uh, seven habits. They weren't seven ideas or seven theories, or you know, they weren't even mine. I, I knew I had just identified them, but they were really seven principles around which these people built their lives. And some of them, you know, I could look and I go. Wow, they really knew they had a couple of those, but I wasn't sure they knew they had the others. And and somebody else might really know they had three or four others, but not. And it, you know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I found anybody that I felt knew they had all seven and really were able to harness them. But I thought then, I thought, what happens to a life where somebody does know these seven things? You know where? You know what happens to a kid whose parents are able to teach these deep principles? in their life, what happens to that life. And and long story short, those became the seven things I, I threw in, in my life at that point to start yanking myself in myself out of that situation. And years later they became the the seven decisions in The Traveler's Gift, which was one of my first books. And and so it was a an amazing time to understand that that I did have a basis because of my faith and because of what my parents, uh, I, I guess their legacy for me, but that there were also a lot of holes and, and it began, you know, the second principle of those seven was seeking wisdom. And, and I used to think that the wisdom part was the key, but it's really the seek part. It's, it's the actual seeking, you know, in, in Proverbs, Solomon says, uh, to seek wisdom, uh, like you would look for lost treasure and to seek it constantly and that wisdom is more valuable than silver and gold. And, and so that began a lifelong search. You know, he also says that the first step toward uh, seeking wisdom is to know that you need it. And, and so there's a, a big difference in knowledge and wisdom. I think in our society today, a lot of people default to knowledge, you know, and, and, and you talk about wisdom and they're in their mind defaulting to education or something. But, but there's a big difference, you know. I mean, you could, like knowledge, you could teach any 12-year-old to drive a car, right? I mean, any 12-year-old is, is able physically and mentally to learn how to drive a car. But, but you wouldn't throw them the keys and say, have a good weekend, <laughs> Right, because they don't have the the wisdom to apply that knowledge uh, in a proper way over a consistent basis. So it was um, it, it was it was a, a start by that old man and my my parents really, th- who I miss terribly. But but a start by them 
on this life of of searching for answers for people. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's fantastic. I love um, what you said about seeking out wisdom, and I think that's why I enjoy your books so much because. I have this problem that I, I try not to ever read fiction books because when I pick one up, I absolutely can't put it down. And it's like, <laughs> all right, kids, go watch a movie, entertain yourselves, because I'm just going to be enthralled with this book for the next you know several hours or days. But what I love about and so I, I try to mostly just read nonfiction stuff, stuff to help right. me learn and to grow. And so I just adore your books because they're a combination of both. And I think for the moms listening right now that's the perfect combination for them because sometimes as a mom you just don't have the brain cells to read something you know dale carnegie you know <laughs> after you know you changed 100 diapers but to... i know exactly what you're talking about my, yeah. my, my, i said exactly the same thing <laughs> but, i mean it's it's funny you know cat my my wife has a uh, you know she works at home she's a, a stay-at-home mom and and um she worked when we first got married and then now she's stay at home and it's very funny she has a great answer when people you know they meet us and they know that i'm an author and a speaker and and so then they'll say to polly now what do you do and polly says i don't know but i do it all day long <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what I like to say to moms, like I end every podcast like this, I say, you are a mom, you're kind of a big deal. And so I challenge them like when there's those, uh, like a, a school form or a bank form where you have to put occupation, I challenge them to write, I'm a mom, I'm kind of a big deal as their occupation. <laughs> that is awesome. I've, I've actually gotten a couple Instagrams of people who have actually done that. So I love it. I love it. Well, your new book, uh, The Noticer Returns, has a parenting focus. Tell me a little bit about that and why, I mean, you've written books that have sold millions. Why the focus on parenting? Well, first of all, can I a- answer another question first? Mm-hmm. And here's here's what I want to make sure that people know that it's that old man who is the noticer. Uh, that old man, Jones, was the guy and he called himself a noticer. He, he would say when God was passing out talents. I haven't got, I didn't get the cool ones. I can't run fast. I can't sing great. But I notice little things that make a big difference in people's lives. And, and so that, that's who he is. And, and you're right. In the notice of returns, I found him. And he, in this book, is teaching a parenting class to, when I find him, he's teaching a parenting class to two people. And my wife and I join, and then somebody else joins. But, the focus on parenting cat is because I have become convinced that parenting is the fulcrum that our entire society rests upon. If you look, if you look backwards into our history at the best we ever were, you know, you look at the greatest generation, that, that, that group of people that people call the greatest generation, you know, and, and we look at them, we say, man, they accomplished more, they sacrificed more, they produced more, they were more. Well, when you look at that, it was really their parents that made that happen. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at that, you think, man, what kind of parenting across the board in our country was so effective to produce a generation that 60, 70 years later we still call the greatest that we ever were. And and so it was parenting that produced that. And then on the other side of the equation, if you look at society today and just occasionally brush by the news, then if you agree that there is, has been a decline in our culture and in our society – it is parenting. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I deal with uh, coaches, with, um, you know, college football teams, professional football teams, basketball teams. I deal with companies. I deal with so many uh, different organizations. And overwhelmingly, the challenges that they face, you can trace back to parenting. So it's, that's, that's really why I think this was the focus of this book. So you talk about standards a lot in the book, and these standards obviously are going to affect people and as the kids as they grow, and then they can be better athletes or employees or whatever uh, when they do enter society. What, what are those standards that we can instill in our children? Well, see, the standards, you know, in, in that parenting class that Jones taught, he, he had us figure out the results. You know, and and those were the standards. We listed we listed 21 results that we wanted from a, a child as an adult. Um, and and one of the things that Jones would say, he he said that the standards today, you know, what is the gold standard? And he asked that that question of us. He said, what is the gold standard for raising kids? And you know, we our answers were all over the map. And and so we kind of realized that most parents. It, they're doing the best they can. That's what they say. We're doing the best we can. You know, we're trying to raise good kids. We're doing the best we can. And and yet doing the best you can is not a standard. You know, the definition of a standard is a is the very best that has been agreed upon by, you know, that's it's one thing. And so to understand that parents today there is no single standard, that there are many standards, that means there are no standard. There is no standard. And so the the idea that he brought to us was, you know, we think logically to wrong conclusions. Our society has gotten so crazy that even some of the things we say, you know, as loving parents, as Christians, as people who are looking for the best for our children, you know, how many times do you hear people say, and I've said this myself, hey, I'm just trying to raise great kids. Man, I really I'm I'm focusing here. I'm I'm bearing down. I want to raise great kids. And and really when you understand where you're going, it no, you do not want to raise great kids. We have all seen people who raised great kids and then they got away from home and went nuts. Mm-hmm. What well, you you don't want to raise great kids. You want to raise kids who become great adults. That's what you want. And so he had us focus on uh, results. What results are you wanting? You know, when you're raising your kid, what results are you looking for in that child as an adult? You know, what is it that you're looking to create? And and these, you know, these this list was like uh, um, uh, financial aptitude, uh, a great faith, um, uh, integrity, uh, character, uh, you know, and so we ended up listing 21 different things. And, and those were the 21 things that we all agreed on. They're all in the book that we all agreed that that is what we'll work toward. And you can, when you realize that that's what you're working for or working toward, all of a sudden, man, the, it is amazing to see how your process becomes, then you can work toward it mm-hmm. rather than being all over the map. I like the idea of be starting with the end in mind. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but it is very apparent that so many people don't really have an end in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I think moms feel like when they were given these children that maybe some great shaft of light you know, was going to shine on them and suddenly they're going to be given all the gifts that they need to be great moms and suddenly know everything they need to know instead of like you were talking about seeking out wisdom and taking the time to intentionally plan or establish the results that they want. And so I think this really speaks to moms to challenge them to pursue that wisdom and to take the time to think about instead of just living in the moment of trying to make our kids behave and obey right now in this very moment at this very second, taking the time to step back and establish those results that we want in the end. Right. I, I look at the, you know, I'm looking at this list right now, and, and this is like to be responsible, to be loyal, to have good manners, to be humble, to be hardworking, to be confident, to be honest, uh, to have great friends, to have a respect for authority, to have a servant's heart. There's a, a lot of these, 21 of them here, but when you look at them, you realize that, it, like, uh, number three is to have a grateful spirit. Okay, when you look at that and you think about a person who is grateful and a child who is grateful growing into an adult who is grateful you show me an adult who is grateful i will show you a great spouse i will show you a great employee i will show you a great employer i will show you a great boss i'll show you you know a great coach a, a great teacher somebody who has a grateful spirit and and so to to have these 21 things listed as results that we want to, we can parent toward them. Mm, that's good. That's good. You um, you talk about in your book um, perspectives, and I think that's something huge for, for moms. We can get so caught up in the day-to-day and the things that we need to right. do right now. Um, how can how can they find new perspectives on issues and how can they find a noticer of their own? You know, in this book, Jones teaches that is probably maybe the most valuable thing he taught me is to is really how important perspective is. I, You know, Jones told me one time I was with him and he, he said he saw something, somebody and he said, wow, almost to almost. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, most people live their lives almost to almost. He said, when people are in a crisis, they're so intent on shoving an answer in there where sometimes answers are a matter of God's timing. And he said, and there, you know, sometimes people are so intent on shoving an answer in that square hole where it doesn't fit that, you know, you get something, but it won't be the best. It's not that great bullseye target and so you're off to the right here well life begins from there and so then you get in that habit of shoving that answer in and then people turn 50 or 60 and they they talk about things like wow you know it, it, i remember one time it seemed like our marriage was almost you know it's, it's like back about a decade ago boy financially i thought we were almost and every part of their life is kind of almost to almost he said perspective can be more important than answers because right in the middle of a crazy time perspective will give you calm calm leads to clear thinking clear thinking yields ideas and from ideas we get answers and and so that perspective for moms about what this day really means and and 
what this conversation really means and and a lot of times what that you know this thing that we can't control that happens in our lives you know a different way of looking at something um and and this is you know one of the things Joan says in the book to somebody that I I just thought was just awesome he said you know somebody said and it was just a conversation he said yeah you know he said what are you doing today and and um the guy said well I have to go to work and Joan said ah wow you know with all the people that are that don't have a job it's important to remember you don't have to go to work you get to go to work mm-hmm. you got a job you know, and 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 I started applying that and thinking about that. You know, well, I have to wash the car. Oh, you don't have to wash the car. You get to wash the car. Mm-hmm. You've got a car. Well, I've got to do. You know, I, I mean, any time, the perspective of any time that we get. I know crazy things happen, um, but he, even Jones has perspective on that. He says, "Hey, we're all either in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or headed for a crisis. That's part of being with us on this planet." And 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 so to to look and to realize that there is a different side, a different way to look. You know, any time in America, certainly that we uh, feel like you know things are going wrong or whatever, it is important it, that any time we stop cat and don't remember that that our family has enough to eat today and our family has a roof over its head today it's important to remember there that there are three billion people on the planet who will go to bed without either tonight yeah and that what that perspective trickles down to everything we do if we can make that shift of oh i have to change a diaper right now Instead, say, oh, this child is mine. This child is a gift, and I get to raise this world changer. Right. What a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the, all the moms out there or all the, all the ladies who would love to be moms who aren't. You know, you have this child. And, and so it, it is. It is a different way of looking at things. It is a, it is a way that will uh, make you feel happy. And... Um, you know, because when you when you look at how we feel, I don't really believe that we can feel our way into a behavior. But Joan said you can behave your way into a feeling. Mm-hmm. And then and, that feeling can affect your behavior. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, that behavior affects your child. Mm-hmm. You know, parenting for a result at the end. I have really had my mind opened about this, and this is, you know, all all through this book. But to look and and to understand, uh, a lot of these people that I, I work with, companies sometimes, and I and I'll work with a human resources group, and 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 I see, well, this person got fired early. What did they get fired? Well, they, you know, they barked at a customer and, and did it again, and and you know, when you look at that, okay, really they. They barked at a customer. They said something they shouldn't have said that was inappropriate to a customer and did it a couple times. Well, now they're fired. You know, that is not an adult problem. That was a problem years ago that the parent didn't take care of. You know, because you look at that and you say when an 8-year-old says inappropriate things or a 10-year-old says inappropriate things or, you know, they come out grouchy in the morning, look, you may have a headache and you may be tired. But when you come out here with the rest of us, this is how you act. Mm-hmm. And let me explain to you why you act this way. See, that's a very important part of this. 
is the why. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I know I don't know about your dad, but my dad said um, because I said so. Yes. Right. And and that was never really a great answer for me. Um, because it left me to grow up and explore whatever he said and whatever I thought. And yet, and so now I understand, you know, that, that my, hey, my dad did the best he could, right? But I understand a little more now, and I understand now that when I explain to Austin and Adam, my boys, 13 and 11, when I explain why, it takes a while. Okay, it takes a while. Let me tell you why you don't roll your eyes and you don't say, I know, I know, when when Dad's talking. Okay, you know, when I did that, my dad jumped across the table at me and said, you will not talk to me and you live in my house. You will respect, right? But but now I understand that that what I was doing at 14 when he was yelling at me was kind of in my mind thinking, okay, well, I'm not always going to be in your house. Mm-hmm. But But now – uh, with with Austin the other day, I got one of those, I know, I know. And I said, hey, buddy, so there's a couple of reasons that you don't want to do this. Let me tell you why. Number one is it sounds really disrespectful, and you are not a disrespectful kid. And I would hate for somebody to hear or see you act that way and then you not be offered an opportunity or you not be chosen or you not be given that particular job or that benefit just because they thought you were disrespectful because you're not. And so you don't need to act that way. And and the second reason is, buddy, you know, you're you're my pal and daddy thinks out loud and I am trying to figure some stuff out. And so I'm trying to figure out what's the best for you. Um, I'm trying to figure out where we're going here with you. And so you are a part of this. And so I want you, you may know, but man, I don't sometimes. And so we're going to think through this together. So you got to give me a break when I say, you know, it's like when we get the fish up next to the boat. That's the time. Where, you know, it's like when the balloon's floating across the sky. Boy, that's the time. I know you get sick of my analogy sometimes, and I'm trying to think through it. And so that just that admonition from Jones about why mm-hmm. has been huge. Well, and it's huge for parents, but then it's also huge for the kids because it then gives them ownership of the results that parents are hopefully outlining to begin with. And then those exactly. kids, they can take that on. Hey, hey, can I say, tell you one more thing about that, yeah, Kat? One of the One of the coolest things that I learned to do with a teenager – which I have this teenager, you know, this 13 year old is about to be 14 in 10 days. He keeps reminding me 10 days, tomorrow will be nine days. And then I, I mean, I'm hearing this all the time. But one of the things that I've learned to do, and I learned this from Jones, is about the result, looking at the result. And so I sat down with Austin and I said, I said, hey, buddy, I said, let's make a list of where you want to be when you're 25 years old. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, there's a lot of things you're interested in now. You're not really sure, you know, what you want to do yet. or what. And so let's figure out how you want to live every part about your life at 25. And he was kind of frowning. But I said, so let me ask you this. Where do you want to live? He said, Dad, what do you mean? I said, well, where? Do you want to live in the city? You want to live in the country? You want to live in the suburbs? You want to live on a mountain? You want to live on the beach? You want to? And he said, oh. Okay, and so he told me, and I wrote that down. And I said, you want to live in a house, an apartment, a condo, in a tent? What do you want to do? 
And he laughed and he said, I'd like to have a house. I said, you want to have a house when you're 25? He said, I do. I said, okay, you want to be married? You want to uh, not be married? And, and for some reason, he wants to be married when he's 25. He doesn't want to have kids yet, but he wants to be married. And so we listed all this stuff. And, and I guided him on a couple of the things. And I said, well, you know, I don't know if you want to – maybe if – oh, yeah, okay. So I guided on a couple of those things. Well, when we got through, I said, you know what? This is an awesome list. I think this is really good. I think this is so good that I will pledge, I will work toward this with you. Let's work to make this happen. He said, okay. I said, now, so I'm your coach. And so, you know, there are some times that I'm, I may impose something on my player, you, that, that maybe you don't necessarily want to do, but hey, dude, I'm just trying to get you to this at 25 because this is what you said you wanted not me this is what you wanted and so there have been a couple of times when i've said hey austin we need to so and so dad do we really austin this is what you said you wanted okay all right you're right you're right and so all of a sudden it's not just dad what dad thinks is a great idea we're working toward what he said Mm -hmm. and so it was it's an awesome way of using results that you're gunning toward with your with your children and, and your family as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's I love that. That's brilliant because it, it in a sense eliminates the need for a lot a lot of rules in the sense that instead of just rules to guide him, you're giving him a vision to work towards, and so he's self inflicting a lot of those rules because he wants to get to that vision. That's, That's right. So good, so good. Well, you know, a lot of moms are. Listening to this, folding laundry, doing dishes, maybe while their kids nap, maybe the moms are hiding in the closet while the kids are watching shows and they're recuperating. What give them um, before we before we go? I would love for you just give them a little pep talk. Uh, their value <laughs> in, in impacting culture, the value of what they're about to go back into and and go and love on their kids. Okay, I know as a mom because I had one and I uh, am married to one. And I have a lot of moms as friends. I know as moms, your uh, your emotions can can just kind of take over sometimes because you are so in the battle. I mean, you're so in the game. I mean, as a dad, I kind of come and go. But Polly, my wife, man, she is in there all the time with this 11-year-old and this 13-year-old. And so I want to give you two things. One is I want to give you a proof of hope, a proof of hope. Now, this is not just hope because I've had hope before and then I had a little less hope and sometimes I lost hope and then I got some hope and then I lost it again. But when I found a proof of hope, and this came from Jones, this came from the noticer, when I found the proof of hope, I, I never worried about this again. Here, Here's what it is. Even in the worst time of your life, even when things seem the craziest, even when things might seem like it's hopeless, you got to remember you're still breathing. If you're still breathing, that means you're still here. If you're still here, that means you haven't accomplished what you were put here to accomplish. If you hadn't accomplished what you were put here to accomplish, that means your very purpose has not yet been fulfilled. If your very purpose hadn't been fulfilled, that means the best part of your life, the most important part of your life, the coolest part of your life, the most exciting part of your life is still ahead of you. That, that there is more laughter to enjoy, more success to earn, 
much more differences to make in the lives of friends and and of children and so there there is more this is like a proof that there is more and so you can take a breath and begin again this is a proof of hope and the other thing i want you to understand is the butterfly effect the butterfly effect you can go on youtube and and do Andy Andrews the butterfly effect or go on my website andyandrews.com and see this video of me talking about the butterfly effect but this was a real thing it was a doctoral thesis in 1963 written by Edward Lorenz and laughed out of the New York Academy of Sciences because it 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 tried to propose that a butterfly could flap its wings on one side of the world and set molecules of air in motion that moved other molecules of air that somewhere along the line would create weather patterns um but in the mid-90s, that theory was proven to be a fact, and uh, physicists all over the world working together proved the butterfly effect was uh, it worked, and it worked every time, and not just with butterflies. It worked with any form of moving matter. Uh, it's called the, the uh, law of sensitive dependence upon initial conditions, and you, mom, are a prime example of the butterfly effect. Every move you make – Every word you say, everything you do matters, not just for you and not just for your children, but for generations. I mean, literally think back at the things that you do or the things that you know that came from somebody that you might not even remember. I mean, I, I had somebody say to me the other day, you know, your granddaddy, when he would step up a step, he would kind of pull his pants up just kind of like you do so they don't stick at his knee. And I saw your great-granddaddy in you right there. And, and there are so many things that you are doing with your children that, that sometimes I find moms that think, well, you know, I'm just a mom, just a mom. You know, it, 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 if, if George Washington Carver hadn't had – Susan Carver in his wife, uh, we wouldn't have the 266 things he developed from the peanut that we still use today. I, I mean, if if uh, if Linus Pauling hadn't had a mom, or if uh, you know the the who who was the guy who invented the the penicillin? I, you know, you think of all the great things that have happened on our planet, the great men and women that we honor. Behind them was always a mom that raised them to look for differences, to see different things, to to be able to act calm in a storm of life. There was always if, – if it wasn't a biological mom, it was a woman. You know, I've, I've got in my office right now, I'm looking at a picture of my mom, but I'm also looking at a picture of uh, – a an African-American lady, Mrs. McLeod, who was my eighth grade English teacher. She was the first one to ever tell me I could write, first one to ever tell me I was funny. And, you know, she was somebody else's mom, but, boy, she mothered me, and she helped raise me. And so everything you do, moms, everything matters, not just to you and not just to your children, but for generations to come. You are so, so important. Preach. Y'all, um, moms listening, I I hope that super inspires you. We're going to end this podcast here in a second, and I hope that you walk away from this, this very moment, and go, you know, 
love on your kids and just imagine the impact that that's going to have for generations to come in your city and around the world. That's awesome. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. And I'd love it if you could give a shout out um, when your book is available, where they can get it, and where you are online. As of October 1st, this book is uh, available at any bookstore. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's called The Noticer Returns. And uh, I, I really think it might be my most valuable thing that I've ever done. And uh, so I'm andyandrews.com. Uh, and, and you can go on there and I, I do a, a podcast too. I, I, uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and just find Andy Andrews. I will be your friend. <laughs> awesome. Andy, I so appreciate the time that you took to join us today and to inspire moms all over the world. We have moms listening from Ireland and the Philippines and all over the world. And I know that you have impacted how they're going to mother today. And I just want to thank you for that. So. Hey, Kat, thank you. Thank you so much. What you are doing is so important. We're very fortunate to have you in our world. And so thank you. I, I, as halfway through this, I, I realized, wow, I need to turn my wife on to this podcast because she would really love to be a part of this too. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andy. I hope you enjoy your nice, cool Alabama weather. (laughs) And uh, I hope everything goes great with the book launch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you, Andy. Bye-bye. Okay, y'all, that was amazing, wasn't it? I I told you guys you're a big deal, and I love how he spoke that over you and into you through everything that he had to share today. His book, The Noticer Returns, launches October 1st, and his actually his past books, The Traveler's Gift and The Noticer, are at least as of today currently on sale on Amazon, the Kindle version. So go and check those out. I think one is 99 cents and the other is 299 fabulous books, especially if you would love to read um, books that will help you grow. I don't, I hate the phrase self-help books. Um, His books are uh, biblically based books that talk about character and perspective. You get the gist from what he shared in the interview. But um, if you would love to read books that, that challenge you and help you to grow in character, but you don't really want to read the nonfiction stuff, his books are amazing because, like I said in the interview, he combines just wonderful storytelling mm-hmm. with fantastic pieces of wisdom and truth that are really going to challenge you and change you. So I, I, from the bottom of my heart, encourage you to check out his books. They're really great stuff that are, are going to impact you. And uh, But that's all we have for today's episode of the Inspire to Action podcast. I am really thankful that you joined us today. I really hope it in encouraged you and that you enjoyed it. And if you have any ideas or suggestions or questions for me, or you just want to say, hey, go check out inspiredtoaction.com forward slash the podcast. And there you'll find a link to a website where you can record your message. You can ask a question. I believe my next podcast is going to be about fitness and motherhood. So you can ask a question about that. Or if you just want to leave a message and say, hey, or give a shout out, I'd love to include you on the podcast. I want you guys to be heard as well. If you have an encouragement for moms or just whatever, go and check out inspiredtoaction.com forward slash the podcast and leave me a message. You can also email me uh, through the contact button at inspiredtoaction.com. If you have any ideas for the podcast, anybody you want me to interview, I've got some incredible guests lined up for you and just want to keep making this a really, really valuable resource for you that you listen to while you get work done. And when you take your headphones off or you turn your phone off or whatever you're using to listen to it, 
that you feel inspired and challenged to go do great things as a mom. And um, as always, you can check out all the notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendar at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. Well, my name is Kat Lee, and I am wishing you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you are a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. 